Hello, everyone, and welcome to the latest episode of the Nordic Football Podcast. My name is Steve Wiss, and I'm joined, as ever, by Jonathan Fadugba. Um, how are you doing, pal? Hi, Steve. Hi, everybody. Uh, welcome to this latest episode of the Nordic Football Podcast, episode 105. I'm doing very well, Steve. Uh, we've had uh, two for the price of one this week in, in Sweden. Uh, there was a round at the weekend, of course, as normal, and a midweek round. Uh, we're now 20 games into the season, so it's a, it's a nice point to kind of uh, reflect, sort of look at what's going on in, in Sweden. Ten games to go, and uh, things are sort of really starting to heat up at the bottom and top of the of the table, really. So, um, yeah, I'm actually quite excited, looking forward to this episode, and you know, sort of just going into the league and what's been happening. Uh, how, how are you, my friend? I'm all right. Yeah, I mean, this midweek round it kind of caught me out by surprise. Uh, you know, I think it was like 50 minutes to go until deadline, and you're like, Steve, have you done your fantasy lineup for this round yet? And of course, I've forgotten. So. Um, yeah, that this one caught me out a bit, and um, but there's been you know plenty of action going on. Um, it's been really busy with me recently. I've been keeping tabs of a lot of uh, leagues that have been having midweek rounds and things like that, and uh, yeah, a few other things going on at home. So I've been a, it's been a busy period for me, mate. Yeah, in terms of our Svenska and fantasy, by the way, I am de- on the we are, we do have a Nordic football podcast league, and I am delighted to inform listeners that uh, I've just leapfrogged Steve in the table one point ahead of him. After this midweek round, although I think you do have someone on your bench coming on, so you know I'm going to enjoy it while I can. So it might change uh, as of tomorrow. Uh, but quickly for those who, who you know, who, if you do listen to the show and you regulars and, and you follow it, just want to uh, name the top five or ten games to go uh, while we're at it. Um, so give a shout out to Average at FPL uh, in fifth place, Flat Pack Four. Uh, he picked up 65 points and he's uh, in fifth place there with 1,313 points. Uh, fourth, we've got Adrian Markstead. Uh, Saku's revenge, and he got 75 points this week. Decent round, and he's up to fourth, one, three, two, five points. Marcus Nielsen with FC Bonky, uh, 60 points, and he's at now one, three, two, seven, just narrowly ahead of uh, Adrian there. Second place, Philip Christiansen, who always seems to be there or thereabouts. I think seen that name many times before. One, three, four, three points. He got 61 points. Uh, the name of his side I won't try and pronounce because it's, I think, maybe even Norwegian, isn't it? I'm not sure Swedish or Norwegian there. Uh, and top of the tree, uh, a regular, actually, especially on Twitter. He's, he's supported the pod for quite some time. It is none other than at Nororts with the Rat Pack, uh, 58 points, and he's on one, three, four, five. So there's two points at the top there uh, between Philip and at Nororts. Nororts, I'm pretty sure, is an AIK fan, which could take us nicely into, uh, into our anal- analysis of the title race. Uh, to be honest, because, yeah, that's probably where we're going to start, isn't it, Steve? But, uh, yeah, all things fantasy. I mean, if anyone hasn't joined the league yet, I don't even know the code now, but uh, you've got 10 games to do it. If you haven't actually, if you haven't done your team, then it's pointless, to be honest, because you're too late. But uh, if you're sort of already in the league and you just wanted to join our league, by the way, you can. And the code is HQ8GU7. So you just whack that into the Your Spence Game Fantasy Fantasy dot or svenskan.se and then you can obviously you'll, you'll join the league automatically with your points total and, and you can see where you are there's about i think 100 150 uh players in 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 our league this season isn't there steve and uh you're disappointed to have missed your deadline uh yeah we've had some great interest in this fantasy league this year we had well over 100 in which was quite good really first season we've really really gone to town with it with it and everything but i mean i'm in 66 overall right now I've, had a, I've, I've been really pleased with my Arsvenskan fantasy season. If I can make the top 50, and, um, you know, I'm just looking at the 50th position now. Um, <laughs> a rather interesting name at 50th, which I probably best not say, actually. But um, Justin Graham's team. 
uh, with uh, 1,156 points. So I'm, I'm 66 points off that. I've still got a couple of chips left. If I could make the top 50, I'd be, I'd be happy, you know. Um, and then, you know, if I could beat you as well, that would be doubly happy. But, uh, yeah, thanks for all your interest in the fantasy league so far. Yeah, the, the the race is definitely on. I see actually quite a few. Uh, what I like about the league is there's a lot of listeners. That, you know, I, I can see, for example, Neil Baxter there with Berg Britt on forty first uh, in the league. Um, so it's nice sort of going through the league and you see you see friends of the pod, Jimmy Schlichting, with BK Hissingen in twenty ninth. Uh, Ian Reid, Neeps versus Swedes, he's always there, isn't he? He's twenty sixth at the moment. Team Hart, Sam Hart, twenty uh, fourth. So. Uh, the important title race, though, is certainly between uh, Meatman Soccer and uh, JF Football at this moment in time. I'm, I'm coming for you, my friend. Um, and yeah, I was pretty happy with my my week um, defensively. Uh, Ekdal scored, but I'm disappointed with my strikers this week. And also, Otieno was my captain, which uh, he got taken off against Kalmar. So uh, we are going to talk about uh, pretty much most of these these games, aren't we? Uh, I mean, should we start with the sort of title race? Um, yeah, yeah. That you're not ahead of me still after 20 rounds is remarkable, by the way, considering you're the expert. So, um, you know, you, you, you're where you you're shockingly low compared to where you should be. So, uh, yeah, it's expected, expected points, though, isn't it? High, yeah, high expectations I'm putting on you. There's a really interesting name at number 51 Lone Wolf. If you are Lone Wolf, get in touch with us. That's a great name and a great team name as well. So, um, yeah, let's get straight into the action. Um, title race is really hot enough. We know, you know, the last time we, we did an episode, it was a four-way battle. Would you say now it's become a three-way battle, Jonathan? Yeah, just, just before we end that uh, on, on fantasy, the question is, should I be ahead of you or are you learning and basking in my wisdom every week on this podcast? You know what I mean? So it's kind of, you, you could you could, you could could split that two ways, couldn't you, really? But uh, yeah, no, 20 games in, um, we're really starting to see, it. you know, the title race now it's almost reminiscent to me uh, of the 2019 title race this is looking like a potential uh three-way battle again uh i know i think it was even a four-way battle that year wasn't it i mean it was incredible that's that season i don't think we're gonna top that <laughs> we may we may do but we are looking at potentially going to be a very very tight uh race i i see a lot of qualities in all all three teams at the top at this moment in time i mean uh, just to run it down we've got after 20 games, we've got Dewar Garden, 41 points, plus 17 goal difference, uh, top of the table. AIK, exactly the same record. Played 12, drawn 5, lost 3. 41 points, plus 14. Uh, slightly fewer goals, um, but with a better defensive record. And then three points behind them, the champions, Malmo FF. 20 games played, 11-1, 5 draws, 4 defeats. Uh, so And they're the top scorers in the league, so they've got plus 17 goal difference, but uh, have conceded a lot more, 23 as well. So just below them as well, if you want to include them, I'm not, not sure you can include them. You know, we'll talk about their game in a minute, but Elfsborg, uh 36 points. So they're five points off the top at the moment. Um, so, yeah, it's looking very tasty at this moment in time. I think the one thing you can conclude, Steve, just from the games, even this midweek round, I've been watching, you know, I've watched as many games as I can this midweek round, in fact. I think that we're going to have a very close race, to be honest. Uh, I think you can. There's not much between Eurogarden, AIK, and Malmo. It's really going to be a case of who who um, who dares wins, who who blinks first, uh, and that kind of thing. Because um, you know, if we look at the midweek games this, at this moment in time, we've got Elsborg uh, nil Malmo won yesterday. Uh, Malmo came up with a, a sort of a well, I mean. I don't want to say they're lucky, but how can you not call someone lucky when a team has zero shots on target and wins 1-0? I 
um, an own goal, you know, and 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 they were they were they were on the ropes against Elfsborg for some spells of that game, Malmo, I think, and they showed real character. Uh, we'll talk about them in a minute to get the three points. Um, Aik, who have pulled out a 90th and 89th minute equaliser at Kalmar um, to get a point, which is a, you know a tough place to go, and we will talk about that in a minute as well. But that's kept them, you know, just level with Jurgarden, and then Jurgarden themselves, you know, look comfortable against Degerfors in midweek. You thought they were going to rack up an easy win. Degerfors came back, um, but Jurgarden got got the got the points with a, a three-two win. Uh, a little bit of controversy in that game, which we may talk about. But yes, really, uh, all three games of the, of the top were quite exciting. And um, at this moment in time, it's paper thin, Steve. It's, really, it's quite hard to predict a winner. Yeah, it's, no one's really bossing it right now, are they? There's drop points everywhere. Um, you know, no one in that top, uh, in fact, no one in the whole league has won uh, more than two games in a row on current form, which is quite remarkable. There's usually someone, at least, in, in unbelievable form, isn't there? But... Um, I mean, Malmo. Uh, well, let's first of all, for, first of all, start with the, 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 the round before the weekend. Ostersunds beat Elsborg three-one. That for me, that was a shock result, and it, that might be the result that's almost knocked Elsborg out of the title race. Now, uh, you can't be losing against Ostersunds, can you? Um, and then, you know, obviously Malmo beating them one 0 was a big result. You, you said it was quite a, a tight game, probably a draw fair, would you say, rather than Malmo nicking it? But maybe that's where they're. You know, the, the the title experience and, and the extra bit of quality comes, you know, to to the top there for Malmo. Yeah, well, f- firstly, bang on. Uh, you know, uh, you can't be losing against Ostersunds to if you want to win the title. And I think, I think Elfsborg fans will, will be really disappointed with that. That you know, that's really, you know, I saw a few fans commenting this evening, sort of on Twitter and things like that, saying that you know, that maybe a bit of a lifeline with with some of the other results. Obviously, Malmo won, Jurgarden won was at the, at the weekend as well. Uh, and then you know, of course, ARK have dropped points this you know this this round. Um, so you know, maybe they can still feel they're just about in it. But I think if you look at the two defeats, you know, if they if they got four points, which you'd expect them to get, really, I mean, it, it, in the balance of kind of how they played against Malmo, you'd expect you, you, they would have been a point would have been probably about fair. Uh, and then in in terms of you know they should be beating the bottom of the league side, you know, uh, Elstersons. They've only won three games all season, Ostersons. They'd only won two games before that all, all year, all season. So, um, you know, if you'd, if you'd add four points to that tally, they'd be, you know, they'd be, they'd be well in it, in one point behind. Five points now with 10 games remaining with three very good teams. You start to wonder, you know, is it maybe, was this the week? Maybe, maybe they've fallen out of it. Uh, they have got some big games to come, but, um, you know, I, I personally don't think they're going to have enough. And I think this week kind of proved it. Uh, what it proved about Malmo is that they've got the ability to get the job done because this was a game where I, I really, I did not, I did not think they were going to get a win out of this Malmo, to be honest. I, the, the more the game went on, you, you kind of started feeling that Elfsborg will, 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 will get something that they, you know, I'm not going to say they deserve to win because, you know, in football, I, I my philosophy of football is who, whoever wins, wins, you know what I mean? And if you can't put the ball in the net, then that's the, that's the end of it. Um, but really they, you know, they, they did play quite well. Missed big chances. Uh, you know, they had a ball in the back of the net. Had a goal disallowed for a pair frick foul. Um, you know, Malmo picked up an in, quite a bad injury. Felix Bejimo, and it just you just had the sense that maybe Malmo weren't going to be able to hang on in this game. Um, you didn't really see where the goals were coming from. Berman Savic was quite poor. Colat, uh, obviously, who I've written about on Y Scout, he he missed quite an easy chance towards the end, and it, nothing just really was clicking for Malmo. 
but they they did enough to get the job done and uh, it was a bit of an own goal a bit of a you know kind of free cone goal and you know that that was it really i mean elsborg uh, you know one of their players at the end of the game when he got taken off andre roma who who by the way he played one pass that was like the pogba de bruyne unbelievable through ball um at one point in the match center midfielder and uh, he walked off the pitch when he was subbed and he started booting the booting the advertising board like Timur Riketsbaya. Um, you know, he was fuming at, at kind of just not not being subbed off, but just how frustrated about losing. You know, and, and that was the sense really for Elfsburg. They were you could tell they were gutted uh, about this this uh, this result. And it, you know, they they deserve more, I think, to be honest. And but the thing with Malmo is it just that's that sort of um that's what champions do, isn't it? They get those one nil wins in, in those big away games that, you know, you, even if you're not doing what you need to do, even if you're not on it, you you, you find a way to win. And it really showed the difference between sort of champions and, and sort of wannabe champions. So, um, yeah, big, big win for Mama. Yeah, they're on 38 points. The Yoga and, and Acor are on 41 points each. And I'm just looking at our case fixtures now, and I feel like they almost need a cushion because the next match is against Degafor away, which should be a bit of a free hit, you would think. After that, the next four games for AIK... They got your garden at home in the in the Stockholm derby. Then they go a hammer being another derby. Then they're home to Norshipping, who are no mugs at all against their old manager. And then they go to Malmo. The finish is uh, a lot more straightforward. But yeah, them four games is going to be a lot. Um, it's going to be massive for, for AIK. But they have been dropping points recently. A nil nil against Mialbi. One all draw against Kalmar. I know they come from behind to get something there. It's not. It's not a shamble. It's not a shambolic result either. Either them two draws, but. Are those matches they needed to be winning really if they really want to win the gold medal? Yeah, well they beat they beat uh IFK Otterborg on, on the Monday, you know, who, who doesn't these days? Um got a quite comfortable win there. They they really enjoyed that game, by the way. The fans were loving it. It was kind of like they were singing songs uh, in the terraces saying AF IFK are going to the Super Retin and, and uh you know they really kind of they, they put a good run together in that game. Um but the the game against Kalmar, they they they've got out of jail there to be honest. Um, just a quick look at the stats, you know, 54% possession from Kalmar. It felt like, it felt like 70% possession to be honest at times. Um, 1.35 XG versus 1.14, 14 shots, five on target. I mean, you know, ARK also managed 13 shots, so they did have a, a fair amount of shots, but, uh, Kalmar really rustled them in this game. I was really, really impressed. Anyone who watched this game tonight, um, you know, will come away with it. Just sort of really, really impressed with Kalmar. Now, you know me, Steve. I don't exaggerate too much. I try not to exaggerate too much, but honestly, if if you go and see the first goal, the passing sequence for this goal, um, I honestly think that you could put Henrik Riesjom at, at FC Barcelona, and he'd probably be an upgrade uh, on on the current manager. You know, the, the, the ability. No, seriously, I'm not. I thought about this quite deeply, and uh, and I was like, should I say this or not? Um, the ability to transfer. Um, Sirius is passing game last season uh, to Kalmar this season with a completely different team in such a short space of time is nothing short of remarkable, I have to say. You know, they're, they're top of the league in terms of um, possession for the for, for Svenskan. You know, his his Sirius team was one of the best passing teams in the league as well last season. This is no fluke what he's doing. His ability, you know, the manager's ability to kind of build this passing unit. 57% ball possession average this season. Uh, and they really, they really out, they really out, outplayed um, AIK at times. Uh, AIK were kind of going for a, more of a sort of defending counter, you know, looking for fast breaks. 
Uh, I was quite impressed with Zach Elbuzeli. I thought he looked quite good. Um, and his hairband looked like a sort of uh, offense against Grealish at some time, at, at some point, um, in the way he tries to play the game, quite direct, um, likes to dribble. But, you know, Cameron just rustling them, and you, you were waiting for a goal. You were just thinking, when's the goal coming? And eventually it came a really nice passing sequence, like I say, Oliver Berg uh, getting on the end of a cross. Uh, and you thought to yourself, wow, this is, you know, how am I going to do it? Um, and, and it wouldn't have been unfair. But then, uh, you know, again, we talk about sort of what makes a champion and, and AIK, that resilience, uh, 89th minute, Nabil Bahui uh, from a corner. He was just there to tuck it in. I think it was the second phase. Like, I think it was flicked on and he just kind of got his, you know, just got his boot on the end of it in the sort of close to the six yard box, uh, poked it home. And, and, and you know, that's what, that's what kind of wannabe champions do. I, I even felt with four minutes stoppage time, they might go on and win it. AIK, you know, that, that sort of team in a sense. Um, you know, defensively, they were, they were a bit shaky at times. Uh, I think Nortfeld's going to be quite an important player for them, uh, the, the goalkeeper, uh, former Swansea man. I think he he's a player, he's a sort of, you know, they fixed their keeper issues now. He, he made some big saves, I thought. Um, you know, Nils Froling missed a, a big chance, for example. And, you know, all in all, um, you know, point was... Maybe a fair result, but I, th I think honestly, I think Kalmar would have deserved to probably would have felt happy if they'd won that game. And I think AIK maybe got out of jail a little bit. But, um, you know, I saw a tweet earlier that said they're from an AIK fan, which said that this is the best team we've played all season. Uh, and that's really sums up the feeling about Kalmar. You know, that possession style, you know, if you've got um, Barcelona playing Gerard Piquet out front at the moment, then, uh, you know, maybe, maybe, Cal maybe you need to look to Kalmar for, to, to re, re get that Pep style pep passing game. Yeah, I know you've been pretty impressed with them all season, really, Kalmar. And they they seem like awkward opposition for anyone at the top of that table or down the bottom in these points as well. Because Kalmar are kind of in no man's land right now. 31 points in seventh place. There's no real pressure on them, is there? They're enjoying their football. And, you know, I wouldn't want to be playing a side like that right now. And uh, I, probably a good point for AIK, you would say. Uh, big games to then coming up soon. Your garden. The, the other the one 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 draw against Malmo, which is, is a good result for them. They seem to do well against Malmo, don't they? I know the year they won the title, they they got good results um, against uh, against Malmo. But uh, I mean, in terms of AAK, you know, they do. You, do you think they've got the the enough about them to win the title? Yeah, I think I think they they do. Yeah, I think they can win the title. Um, what I quite like about them is I thought that I think they are quite quite resilient. I think they are quite good, uh, good quite strong going forward. Nabil Bahui's been in really good form. Uh, the Goitem Stefanelli kind of partnership, I'm, I'm not I'm not quite sure about that. Has it got the amount of goals that say um, you know Amalmo has in, in sort of Kolak Bermansevich? Has it got the same amount of uh, goals as say you know Jurgarden do with with their forwards? Not entirely sure. Um, but we will, we will, you know, defensively, they've got the best defensive record in, in the league. Um, you know, you, if you look at, but offensively, if you look at it, they've scored 10 less goals than Malmö. You know, so can they get that balance right? It's almost a bit like Ricard Norling's title-winning side, isn't it? They, they're sort of defence first um, in terms of how they approach the game, you know, very solid. They have started to sort of sort that back line out. Like I mentioned, they needed a keeper. They've, they've got a keeper. Um, the likes of Milosevic and Papi Giorgiopoulos, I think, are quite solid. Uh, Otieno has been in really good form. Good, he's a good player. Um, the the Kenyan left back. So, well, I think they can win a title. Yeah, you know they're level on points. They've got a lot of confidence. They do have tough games to come though, and and I think it's going to be how they how they perform. You know, in the weeks to come, because 
you know, they haven't lost a game since July at, at Hacken. Uh, only lost three all season, obviously, uh, three away games. Uh, but they've got some tough away games coming. They've got Hammerby away, Malmo away, you know, Elfsborg away. So can they ride those games? That that will be where it's decided. And, of course, a couple of weeks' time, uh, we've got another Stockholm derby. In fact, they've got back-to-back Stockholm derbies, Djurgården and then Hammerby after the international break. So, um, yeah, we, we'll, we'll learn a lot about them in after the next three games, I think. Um, unfortunately, on a more tragic note, there was uh, some very bad news, I do believe, uh, prior to the game, uh, ARK's most recent game, John. Yeah, really sad news. I think we have to mention it. You know, the um, the club put out an announcement uh, just after the game finished, basically uh, announcing that two, two ARK fans sadly passed away uh, on their way to the to the Calmar game. Um, I think the attendance was about 4,200, uh, 4,300-ish, and uh, obviously it was too, too short. Uh, two fans sadly made their way to the game and didn't make it. I think that there was a road accident and, um, yeah, re- really, really tragic uh, news, to be honest. So, um, yeah, obviously from the Nordic Football Podcast, our, our thoughts are with the, the families and uh, and the victims and everything like that. It's you know, really, really sad to go to a game and, and, and not make it. So, um, yeah, our thoughts are, thoughts are with um, those two AOK fans and, and everyone surrounding the club uh, at this time. Terrible news. Absolutely terrible news. Rest in peace. Um, as I say, uh, horrific. You really... It's just horrible that, but um, yeah, uh, your garden then. So they got the one order against Malmo, they backed it up with a win against Dega 4, which well, most people expect them to get that result. Um, but it was done in difficult circumstances, Jonathan. Three goals to two, uh, but there's quite a lot to tell from this game, isn't there? Yeah, this was this was a fun game, and uh, Steve, you know, you know me, I like a bit of needle in my football, and uh, if you wanted needle. You certainly had it in this uh, Degafor's uh, Dual Garden game. The return of the big Serbian Nikola Djurjic. Uh, he was back at uh, well his former home slash former club, obviously Tele to Arena. He was a former Hammerby player, and he had a bit of a point to prove. Uh, did Djurjic? Um, he, he obviously being a Hammerby player, he's not well liked by Dual Garden because of the you know the Stockholm rivalry, and. Uh, Steve, you know, in sort of, you know, football. Some people, some people say football's become a bit stale, <laughs> become a bit sterile. Um, you know, you can't say what you want or whatever. You know, like maybe it's a society. You know, everyone's diplomatic. Well, I'll tell you who's not diplomatic, uh, Steve uh, Nicola Djurjic, because <laughs> he, here is his comments about about uh, Garden. Um, I hate them. I absolutely hate them. <laughs> this is public comments that he made. Uh, <laughs> so he wasn't mincing his words um about this game you know he, he got booed basically every single time he touched the ball because he basically he left um Hammerby went to China didn't quite work out for him and now he's back at Degafors uh, you know he's a bit, bit getting on in years now he's a decent player decent forward he's always been a, he's always had a bit of needle about him he's always come out with comments he's 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 not someone who minces his words which I quite like obviously some people don't like it but uh yeah he said I absolutely hate them it's always fun to play against them because I hate them and uh, <laughs> My last memory in Sweden was my best memory in Sweden is beating them two one in the derby, uh, and I also like that hatred. I love it. I love being booed by the fans. I enjoyed it. It motivated me. Um, I've played a few games in Serbia like this, but the hatred I feel from Eurogarden fans, I've never felt anywhere else. <laughs> Which is, I love that. I, I, you know, I think football needs that kind of thing. I think I don't think as long as it's sort of you know doesn't cross any borders i don't think there's anything wrong with a bit of like friendly banter rivalry in that sense um but anyway yeah your garden t- uh, went two nil up uh how how my flying at the moment and then magnus ericsson 
Uh, personally, I think the goalkeeper who's uh, on loan from Tottenham, by the way, Alfie Whiteman, I think he should have done a little bit better with the, the Ericsson goal, long-range effort. Uh, so it was 2-0, cruising, you thought game over. But Jurdic popped up uh, with two goals, the, the hated man. So f first one, he took it well. And then the second one, he peels off very well uh, and finishes really well. And then he just runs to the fans and sort of cups his ears and, you know, shrugging his shoulders and everyone's booing him. And it's, you know, for me, that's what football's all about with fans. You, you know, I love it. Um, so he said, you know, football's about passion and respect. And that's how it is. Uh, he thought maybe he'd maybe sneak the point and help against the team that he hates so much. But uh, no, not in the end. Um, there was another goal, came back, and uh, Radetinac, uh was the hero in the end. Uh, and so that was kind of uh, that was kind of it for Jurdic. But uh, he, he diplomatic as always, mate. He came out after the game and said, "It's a real shame we lost to a shit team." <laughs> Brilliant. I mean, yeah, he's. I bet the fans were just hating him scoring two goals there, um, but. Uh... I mean, fair play to him. He says he says it how it is, isn't he? And there's he's no point in lying about such matters sometimes, is there? But uh, I mean, big win for your kind fundamentally. They've got a decent one if they can get through that derby game, which is a big if. We know they generally suck in derbies, don't they? But if they can get say just a point out of that, they've got a reasonable run of fixtures after it. And um, you know, a, a massive goal. You know, if they drop points there, then it would have been a lot of question marks, wouldn't they? So. They're showing their backbone as well. All you know, then top three have all shown plenty of bottle in the last week or two. Yeah, and uh, you know, um, George's point was when he said it called Jurgarden uh, the S word, as I just mentioned there. He he um, he said that they were the better. He felt that Degerfors were the better team, but they're not in great form at all at the moment, and um, they'll feel hard done by because there was a big controversy after uh, in this game uh, at three two. Um, the player who's replaced. Uh, uh, Witchery, Alex von Witchery, who's left, obviously, is, is Leo Kornick. He started to get some game time. I know you talked about him on a, a recent episode when you interviewed, I think it was the Starbeck manager. Um, he he made his first start for, for Jurgen, uh in this game, first league start. And towards the end of the game, there was a there was a cross that came in and he, he it kind of bounced off his arm. And there was a massive, massive call for a penalty. Probably probably should have been a penalty, to be honest. I think if VAR was in Osvenska, that might have been a penalty. So... Um, a lot of fans, especially of Malmo and AIK, were not happy about that. Uh, maybe got away with them on their diff. But you're right. Uh, you know, it's, it's a sign again, a sign of champions, isn't it? Getting those, getting those wins. You, you go two nil up, you two all, then three two. That's what you have got to do to win titles. And and all three of them are sort of um, stepping up when when they need to. Uh, and it will, you know, with ten games left. Let's see, let's see what they can do. Um, but for Degafors, they've just got to quickly touch on Degafors. I mean, yeah. that that is uh, a bit of a there's, there's a lot of trouble here for Degafors because. I'm just looking at their form. They've lost nine of their last 11 league games, five consecutive defeats. Um, you know, at the start of the season, they kind of surprised a few people with some decent results. They beat Jurgarten early on in the season, uh, for example, beat IFK at a win against Hecken. Um, What is going wrong there at Degafor? They seem to be, there's a few teams out of form, admittedly down there, but they are not even getting draws at the moment, Jonathan. What is going wrong? Can they sort it out? Yeah, they're not getting draws. They're not getting any points. Uh, worst defensive record in, in the league. Conceding two goals per game, pretty much average, more or less. 38 goals conceded in 20 games. Uh, they started the season quite well. You know, I, I, I can't forget our 3-4-3 episode, uh, which fans can, you know, listeners can go back uh, and, and have a listen to, you know, a tactical analysis we did. Uh, we praised Degafor's kind of 3-4-3 style. But, 
it's it's all gone horribly wrong really since since well <laughs> since the second half of the season really since July. Uh, only two wins since July. Um, only three games. They've only there's only three games they haven't lost basically since July, uh, and they've lost five in the, in a row. Uh, they've lost nine of their last sort of what eleven games I think it is. So they're really tanking at the moment, Steve. I, I worry. I worry about them. I think. I think they. I think they might even go. I think they might go down. Actually, I think they're. Things are looking very grim for them. Uh, the next game's ARK at home. Then they got Varberg away, who are having a good season by the way. Varberg, they've been quite good. Uh, and they've got some tough games to come. They've got Elsborg. They've got uh, Hacken away. They've got Hammerby, Neil shopping. Uh, Ostersen's away on the final day, which you know, who knows by then, maybe both could be down. But uh, yeah, just just. I think the biggest problem is, Steve, you know, in terms of analysis and that, just a simple simple fact is they've got the worst expected goals against the in offense game by quite some distance, you know, 42.96 XG, uh, which is way worse than, say, you know, for example, Ostersons, who are second bottom. So um, they're, just, they're just very, very leaky, that style. I don't, I'm not sure they have the quality at the back. Uh, I think losing Ismail Diawara is a massive loss as well, the goalkeeper, uh, to, to Malmo, of course. He, he was a key man for them. He was really good. And and I just think they they probably haven't quite replaced his, his presence. So yeah, things aren't looking great for them. So I have to say they're gonna be they're gonna buck up. They got to buck up their ideas quick, or or because they're really just just tanking at this moment in time. They're they're in the um, they're in the sort of relegation playoff at this moment in time. So the, the head's just above water. But if you look at Odebro's recent result, and even with Ostersons, you know, picking up a win, you know, the walls are closing in a bit on Degafors. What I like about them, though, I think they've probably got a goal in them, you know. Um, and don't underestimate goals in football. They can win you football games. I mean, I look at some of the other teams down there. There's a couple of very, very boring sides. Mialbi have had three consecutive nil-nils. We know what Halmstad are like. Um, they're not that great for a goal either. You know, it's all well and good knocking these, um, racking these draws together and, and points do help. But a win is worth its weight in gold. So in this relegation battle, Ostersons, they did have that win recently, but I think let's just say they're probably gone. You know, of the, the other positions down there, would you still think that, you know, Urubro perhaps or Degafor, you know, who might pick up the odd win here and there but lose a lot, how does that contrast to these sort of Mialbi halmstad sort of teams who just they get the nil-nils in here but they don't win many? Well, we got it. I mean, I... I... I think Hamstad. There's there's a case to make for Hamstad being my favourite team of, the, of of this season. Really, uh, I don't think I've ever. I mean, not in terms of to watch, definitely, but just in terms of their you know teams that just stick to a philosophy. You know, it's a bit like Burnley, you know, or or, or Stoke. Like I know a lot of people, a lot of fans sort of or pundits and stuff of the media, they they tend to pick teams that they just hate and they say this and that. But I like teams, Steve, that just if they have a, a playing style and a philosophy and they stick to it, I quite like that. I don't care what it is. Because you don't want every I don't want every single team in the league to be trying to play tiki taka. If you know what I mean, you, you want different styles, you want different opinions, philosophies, clashes. I think that's um, part of what makes football exciting, you know. So, um, Hamstad's just relentless commitment to being as boring as they can, you know, and just grinding out games is quite admirable, to be honest. You know, um, thirteen goals scored in twenty games and seventeen conceded. I mean, Mialbi's only just conceded two more, in fairness to them, but that is outrageous, uh, I think, for a newly promoted side to, to, to have the joint, well, joint second best defensive record in the league. 
I mean, that is that is Diogo. That's the best same as Diogo in defensive record. That, that to me, that's incredible. After twenty games of, for a newly promoted team, uh, they don't know how to score goals. If their life depended on it, of course, with thirteen, you know, that's what it's a ridiculously low number of goals scored uh, in, in a season. They don't. I don't think they even care about scoring goals. To be honest, um, I think they've got no interest in, in really sort of scoring. Um, you know, they they in terms of sh- total shots, you know, they they they're just not interested, are they? They're you know. One of the lowest, I think, for for total shots, I think. Um, I mean, I'll give you some stats here on over-under. 17 out of 20 of their games have ended under 2.5 goals. And two of two, their, two of their overs have actually been against the same team, Norshipping. So, goodness knows what Norshipping, how they managed to get them sucked into this sort of overmatch twice is remarkable for Norshipping. But Halmstad... I mean, I Melby mean, here, 16 out of 20 matches are ended under two and a half goals. This is like French football. It, 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 <laughs> worse. This is like, this is worse than some teams that I've known in France down the years that end up with incredible unders. It's it's horrific. I mean, I, there's a guy I know on, who's a regular on, on my Twitch channel, a decent fella, but he loves defensive football. We always have this little joke uh, because he, he's, a math, he, he's not actually a Burnley fan, but he loves the way Burnley play football. He always tries to try and get me to play defensive football and football manager on stream because he loves to see that sort of thing. And he, I can tell you now, he would, he would bloody orgasm over Hamstad and Mialbi. It's it's remarkable. I mean, how they keep doing it. Um, but uh, you know, is it going to be enough for them to survive? I think it will be. Yeah. I mean, I think I think they'll stay up. I think they'll definitely stay up. To be honest, um, you know, they've got the they've got the lowest challenge intensity in the league. You know, 5.1 duels, tackles and interceptions per minute of opponent's possession. Uh, PPDA, passes per defensive action. Um, that kind of, de- you know, how many passes basically per action defensively. Um, you know, so that basically gauges pressing, to be honest, the second bottom of the league for it. They allow 14.81 passes per defensive action. They've got no interest. You keep the ball all you want. Do what you want with it. Well, you know, you, you can pass it around all you want. We're going to sit here in two banks of four. And we're going to just <laughs> clear every chance we can, you know. Aerial duels. We're going to just clear everything in the air. Uh, the third best in the league for aerial duels um, behind Mialbi and Varberg. Uh, you know, you, you do what you want with the. You do what you want in possession. We, we we couldn't care less. Basically, is their message. You know what I mean? And uh, I quite like it. You know, I think that's uh, it, it's, it's refreshing. Um, you don't. I, I don't think I'd want a season ticket to watch that. I'll be honest. <laughs> Maybe <you> wouldn't. <laughs> hell. But. But in terms of a philosophy and a style of play, it's probably going to keep them in the league. And at the end of the day, if you're a newly promoted side, you know that's all that's all you want, really, to be honest. So, um, you know, football you can slice it in different ways, can't you? You know, they're they're not that actually bad for passes in the box. Uh, sorry, for touches in the box per ninety. You know, um, they're about mid table to be honest. Nineteen nineteen per ninety minutes, if that makes sense. So, they they do get into the box, they do create, but it's just they're they're very rugged in their determinations and not concede goals. Um, and to sit defensively in that in that bank of those two banks of four, and they've got very good defenders, Steve, as well. I think that's a key difference between say them and, and a Degafors. Uh, they've actually they're actually very good defensively. You know, the likes of Bafo, uh, they they have some some good defenders, Steve. To be honest, so all in all, good luck to Hamster. I, I quite like uh, I quite like their style. Yeah, 2018, last match of the Elite Serian. Budiglund had just come up that season, and they had to get a result on the last ever season to stay up. And now look where they are. So I, I don't blame them. You, first season back up, you've got to try and survive, haven't you? So, and then kick on from there. So fair play. 
um, you know, if it works, it works for them. Whilst we are talking about the bottom and the end of the table, just a quick glance over. Ostersons did get a rare victory, 3-1 against Elfsborg, a bit of a shocker. Then they lost to Urubro, again, a rare win for Urubro. Blair Turgut with a hat-trick against Elfsborg, rather a bit of a shock result. Yeah, well, that was a massive shock. Uh, I, couldn't, I couldn't actually believe it. They got, they, obviously, they've got a new manager. Um, he's come in and he, he's, you know, obviously me and you, Steve, by now, we've got quite a lot of contacts, haven't we, at Ostersons, who've either been there or, or, or passed through it, um, you know, former people who've, who've, who've been there at the club. Um, the reports I get on, on the new manager is that he's very, you know, he's, very, um, he's a very good manager, to be honest. So I think he will go in there and, and sort of clear things up a little bit. Uh, you know, and and obviously, but no, nobody expected them to beat Elfsborg. I don't think that was an incredible result. To be honest, I, I'd written it off. Uh, it's a good thing we didn't do a bonus pod because I would have that would have been my my absolute banker. Um, but uh, really sad for them not be able to follow it up because they the uh, Odebro Ostersons game, which I caught more. I caught some of that. That was like a relegation six pointer, and they've lost that two nil. Uh, Norden Gerzic managed to get a a very late goal, and that could. That could, although they managed to beat uh, Elsport, give themselves a lifeline. Uh, you could argue the Orbro game was actually more important to, to win. So you know, um, you know, Orbro just that extra three points could really could be could be fatal for them, to be honest, uh, in in their attempts to stay up. So uh, yeah, I think tough um, tough result really, uh, especially being so late in the game. You know, they, they looked like they'd done enough, and then sort of eighty fourth and ninety fifth minute goals. Uh, you know kind of a bit of a killer really so uh, but a big win for audible we've not talked about them much this season um there's not been too much to say about them to be honest um but yeah uh, a good result yeah or to play for down the bottom there um now on our itinerary here there is listed fans versus police which rather intrigues me Jonathan. Uh, enlighten us more what's been going on there yeah save save all svenskan uh, that is save swedish football that is the big call this week uh, a very, a uh, very kind of strange situation. Basically, I've been trying to get my head around this because I couldn't couldn't really understand it. There was a clip from the serious North shopping game which went viral actually, um, and I was kind of trying to. It was kind of loads of flares, and you know, anyone who watches Swedish football, you you'll be familiar with the flares and the kind of smoke bombs and that kind of thing. It's, it's part of the game, really. But what actually happened is, um, I think police uh, basically came out and said that there's going to be no one can um use any pyrotechnics and no one can carry any flags into this serious northshipman game uh, and when that happened uh, you know basically people were fuming about it a statement came out from from serious they actually put an official club statement out kind of disagreeing with um the the action saying it was too heavy-handed um and so basically there's this kind of it, it, to be honest it's a long it's a long-running thing the, poli the police don't like the uh kind of the the swedish police don't seem to like and the authorities in Sweden, they don't seem to like these kind of banners and these flares and things like that. They, I, th I suppose, you know, pyrotechnics is kind of not allowed in stadiums. Um, but it's it's kind of what makes Swedish football what it is, to be honest. It's, it's such a massive part of it. Um, and there's always been this sort of just slow running kind of tension, really. You know, little things like that, fans getting banned or, you know, things getting taken down, people getting turned away from the stadiums. And, and uh, I remember even when I was there, there was kind of this just bubbling tension about it, you know, kind of people against the police and um yeah so basically serious kind of announced that the police wouldn't allow them to have any banners flares or anything in the game but as you'll see from the video which went viral 
I don't think anyone listened to that because there was loads of flares. People, you know, they really went wild. They even held up a banner, the players, Steve, uh, before the match, uh, kind of, you know, like pre-kickoff, almost like Champions League when you exchange flags or whatever. Um, there was almost, they, they held up a, a sign saying, save Swedish football. Uh, famous Swedish polit- uh, musicians and things like that have been tweeting about it, saying save Swedish football. Um, people are really upset about this. And uh, all around the grounds this last sort of couple of days has been people kind of like using flares in or holding banners up. There was a banner at the ARK game saying, I think, Sweet, save uh, Swedish football. Uh, and that's kind of the, um, the thing. The police authority came out and said, our responsibility is to maintain public order and security in society. And we therefore need to limit the use of so-called Olympic flags um, at the Serious North Shopping game. The argument is basically, Steve, that a lot of fans kind of hide their uh, pyrotechnics and that kind of thing behind the banners, you know what I mean, and, and kind of sneak them in. And so they, they wanted to blanket ban everything. But obviously fans got very upset about that. And um, yeah, it's just kind of like a, a bit of an ugly situation, really. And, and people kind of feel like, well, we've had no fans for so long. What's so bad about all this? It's just a bit of harmless fun. Um, depends where you sit on that one. You know, I, I don't know exactly where I stand because obviously safety is quite important. Some games you do get in those fence games where it's like you can barely see because of the amount of smoke and, you know, maybe is that a safety issue? Um, something to think about. But at the same time, it, it's like it's it's like pie and mash and fish and chips in, in English. It's, it's, it's that ingrained in the culture of Swedish football. So very delicate balance. And, and I think the feeling is police aren't really kind of very, um, you know, they're, they're too heavy handed on this. They're not they're not really kind of that diplomatic so uh it's a situation that's going to continue to run but yeah save swedish football's been the the call this this week really yeah the fans probably need to let off a bit of steam to be honest as well don't they after the events that have gone on in the last 18 months across the world so well they're uh, not just they're not just letting off steam they're letting off sort of 10 tons of smoke <laughs> there sometimes mate. so it's kind of like it's uh it's more than steam for sure but no i know what you mean um, yeah, so uh, looking ahead to the weekend, we've got, uh, I'll just read out the fixtures actually. We've got one match on Saturday this week Malmo against Udebro. Three games on Sunday Mjelby, Elsborg, Ostersund, Jorgarten, and Hecken against uh, Hammerby. Norshipping, uh, Varberg as well for Sunday. Three matches on Monday Degafor, AI Core, Helmstad, Sirius, and the final game on Monday, uh, IFK, Jotterborg against Kalmar. Now, uh, that last match there, IFK. I feel like every season, I said this off air, didn't I? It feels like with about 10 games to go, since we've been doing the Nordic football podcast, IFK Jotterborg are in, seemingly in a, some sort of crisis or in trouble. Like, they're four points clear of the relegation zone. You know, it's not been a great year for them. You know, how has Mickey Starr been getting on since he came in? Um, I feel like I've actually probably actually missed way too often. But... Um, Yet another year, yet another crisis for IFK in, in sort of around September time. Yeah, I mean, uh, AIK dismantled them and, and they were singing goodbye, see you in the Super Retin. Um, <laughs> they were really taunting them, rubbing it in. You know, they think that they're sort of uh, AFK, IFK are one of the big boys, so they like to think that they're equals to AIK and those lot. Um, but it's not played out in the last few years. You know, I'm almost tired of, I'm almost tired of talking about it in, in a way. Um, but we can't ignore it because they got battered by Hammerby this evening. Uh, 3-0, 1.77 XG to 0.77, 16 shots. Uh, IFK didn't manage a single shot on target in this game. Uh, and it just sum, sums it all up. I mean, listen, I, you know, having lived in York Gothenburg, there was a period of time where I was quite sympathetic to, to EF Corps because I know people there and I like people there and kind of, I wanted to like them, if that makes sense. I wanted them to, I didn't want to be too harsh on them. But, 
I've got to say it, Steve, they're, they're a joke at this moment in time, the club. I mean, it, it, they're just like, you know, I don't want to upset anybody, but they are a joke. Um, they don't know what they're doing in terms of what are they supposed to be as a football club? They don't know what they're doing. You know, there was the years where they kind of had the excuse of the finances and, that, and like you can understand that because, you know, finances do dictate things, but they've sold, they've sold quite a lot of players and made money. You know, Alassane Yusuf's gone. They've, they've sold so many players in the last sort of two, three seasons um, that surely they've got enough money to, to, to at least be as good as, say, a Kalmar uh, or, a, you know, a Varberg boys for, for crying out loud. I mean, they're five points behind Varberg boys. They're, that's the, they're like the tiny side that's quite near them. It's like almost, it's, it's like a derby in, in a way. To be five points behind Varberg boys is, is an embarrassment for EF Koyotsburg. It is a genuine embarrassment. Um, when you look at the sides, Steve, you know, they, they've got 35 year olds in the team. They've got, you know, I think they had four 30, 34 to 35 year olds in, in, in the, in their previous game before the Hammerby game. Um, you know, you've got Marcus Berg up front, 35, you, you know, you've got Simon 10, obviously he's 29. We're getting on a bit now in fairness to him. Uh, you've got all you've got Gustav Svensson, 34 years old, you know, Biasmir, 35 years old. You've got all these players sort of coming back to play for EF core. Um, but then at the same time, they're trying to bri- blood through academy youngsters. Like, what is the what do the club want? I, what are they trying to do? Um, yeah, you know, usually I keep quite you know quite keep quite diplomatic about it, of course. But you, you have to call it as you see it. To be honest, it is. I think it's embarrassing for the club. I think the fans are embarrassed. I think I think even the people who work at the club probably you know must be feeling a little bit of embarrassment at this moment in time because it just seems to be getting worse and worse and worse. Steve and um, I think you know the, what the big frustration is. I'd like to see them just go down and get relegated to Super Essen in a way. You know, get get out of your system, rebuild, you know, take your medicine and, and sort of come back another season. But the, the problem is that they, they'll never go down because there's always going to be three worse teams than them, if, if that makes sense. You know, no matter how bad they are, they can't be that bad to, to say a team like a, a Degafors or, a, you know, an Ostersons who are in complete crisis, if that makes sense. There's always, you've got to be so bad to go down if you're a big, big club, you know, Svenskan, if that makes sense, in recent years. And, you know, I just kind of, I kind of want them to go down now and just, just, get, just get out of your system, you know, move on from there and, and go because they, pro- they probably need that if you, if you know what I mean. There's too, too many old players coming back for for a heyday. They've got the oldest average age in in North Fence Can. Um, I, I just don't know what I just don't really know what they're doing as a club at the moment, and, and it's a shame. You uh, lived in Gothenburg for a substantial period of time. Um, I know you. have You've almost got a soft spot for the city as a whole, and you've had links with all the clubs in, in that city. Does it frustrate you personally to see a club like IFK, who are historically a very big club, or still are now? How embarrassing is this? Well, I'll, t- I'll tell you what, Steve. The, the, the best comparison I can make uh, for an English context, for those who might not know, um, you know, might, those who might not know about Swedish football, I, w- I would compare, and the reason this is the reason why I say they should just get relegated. Yeah, I would compare them to like sort of Aston Villa. Now, you know, Aston Villa, European Cup winners, massive club. If you really look at English football in in terms of context of history, um, EF Court probably bigger actually. You know, if you look at the Aston Villa comparatively, you know, they're, they're like a Manchester United or or, or or a Liverpool of Swedish football. They're they're massive. But remember all those years where Villa were just sort of so bad, and then eventually one year they got relegated and yeah. they flushed everything out of their system, got rid of all the nonsense. Uh, got rid of so many directors and, you know, they really sort of got to the bottom of their issues. Grealish emerged, you know, they, they had that seasons in the championship and that kind of thing, came back. And now they've got a really good philosophy behind the scenes. They're really on it in terms of recruitment. They know where they're going. They've got a fantastic academy villa now. 
probably one of the best academies in England in terms of their academy recruitment. Um, and they kind of they can be Villa again if that makes sense. EF Core, that's what I feel needs to happen now because every year it's like they do badly, but then it's like, well, we'll get rid of a few people, we'll sack the manager, bring in someone different. He comes with a different philosophy. You know, they've had they've had the Gibson's style sort of tiki taka style. They've had Roland Nielsen that didn't work. They've had the old heads. They've had the young heads. They've had the project to win the league. That's why the fans, ARK fans, were laughing at them was because you know people are saying at the moment the only league you're going to win is Super Etten. Um and I just, yeah, like you say, for Swedish football, for, for, for EFK is, is a, I can't stress it enough, to be behind Varberg boys in the league is an absolute embarrassment um, for the club. So if they were to finish behind Varberg, to me, that is like, the Varberg are, are considered within Gothenburg as like a sort of tiny club down the road, if you know what I mean. If you look at the stadium at Varberg, it, it's, 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 it's tiny. Yeah. Um, it's a total embarrassment for a team with so many championships uh, as EFK, such an institution, to finish behind them. And that's why I sort of feel that like they need their, they need to take their medicine before they really get this out of the system because they're, they're sort of club that every year, kind of three or four, 34 year olds say, Oh, I'm going to go back to EF core and relive the heyday. But you know, they, okay. The pressing isn't too bad if you look at the pressing stats, but what, what do they, what do, as a football club, do, are they, do they bring to the league at this moment in time in terms of what's their, what's their philosophy? Third lowest number of shots um, per 90 in the league. Uh, total. I mean, they've had one more shot this season than Varberg boys. Uh, that is just honestly, they've one less shot than Halmstad for crying out loud. Um, you know what? What are they doing? You know, Aurora creating more than them. I, I just don't. Yeah, not to dwell the point a bit, but they're going nowhere. Yeah, you know, what? I'm genuinely, genuinely thinking when the new, when the new football manager game comes out in about a month. I'm genuinely thinking about doing them on on one of my Twitch saves. I was actually going to call it geriatric Gothenburg where I can only sign players over like 33 years old because that seems to be their genuine policy in real life right now so but you know the thing is Steve that that's part of the problem is that they can they've got the money you know look at I mean look at um I can't remember his name now uh from Napoli Marek Hamzik what happened there you know it was a big big fanfare he turned up for six weeks he got himself fit for the Euros and as soon as the Euros and he was like right I'm off see you later I'm going to Turkey you know they're treated like, you know, they're treated like sort of like a sort of like a Texas diner at 3 a.m. in the morning. You know, you come in, you get your burger and whatever else you need. You know, you, you stop off and then you leave, you know, kind of um, like a petrol station, if you know what I mean. Like people come for a big payday, um, but they're clearly past it. And then they take the money and, and they're off. And, and I think that, don't get me wrong, they're, they're good players, but they don't fit into a playing style or a, or a philosophy. And, and I know partly the finances dictate that because they have to sell. But then in that case, why spend all this money on these big players? If they were to go to the Super Etten, they're not going to be able to afford those kind of players. And and maybe that would flush it out. They can focus on their really good academy and maybe just organically come back. But at this moment in time, it's it's a real um it is a real club going nowhere. And, and it, it pains me to say that because you know I think they're a great institution here of Koyotoburg and I and I, and I and I like the club and, and I like a lot of people who are there. So um, you know, I hope it's not taken too harshly, but they're in they're going nowhere strong words indeed from you Jonathan there I think well I think we'll leave it there um after uh, after that sort of outburst almost but um interesting stuff yeah uh, yeah coming up in part two we will talk about we will talk about Norway and uh, we will look at the cup in Norway which uh been a few shock results hasn't there Steve which uh, I'm gonna let you get your teeth into but uh 
yeah see you in part two Welcome to part two of this episode of the Nordic Football Podcast. We're back and it's going to be a short, uh, brief Norwegian section this because we've had a cup round and, uh, you know, if anyone knows Meat Man Soccer, you know, he uh, cups aren't really necessarily his thing, as are they? And uh, we have had a round in, in, in Elitisarian as well, but we do have a bumper, we, well, we do have a, a major guest coming on next week, which we're quite excited about. And so we're going to have next week a kind of Norway-only probably podcast. So uh, for this sort of section, we're just going to briefly touch on the cup results and and maybe just one or two pointers on 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 the uh, the league. So what I'll do is I'm just going to read you the the results from the weekend just gone. Um, this was the 18th of September and 19th of September. Uh, so we had Christiansen BK three, my boys, uh, Haugesen two, Odd two, Lillestrøm three. Mjondalen won Sanderfield one on the Sunday. Sarpsborg 08 won Rosenborg three. Uh, Wallerenga won Mulder one. Viking won Budaglimp three. And Tromsø won Bran one. So quite a few draws there, weren't it, Steve? A lot of, uh, well, not every single team scored in the league, which is which is quite interesting. Uh, and it hasn't, I mean, it's not majorly affected the table, has it? But what's your, you know, did you have any takeaways from, from that round? Is there anything kind of you want to touch on that? that's changed if that makes sense because you know it's uh we've got 19 games played now we're coming up to the 20th game and then we'll, we'll look at the league in more detail but did anything catch your eye from that week well i tweeted at one point in running that rosenborg were only two points off the title at one stage on sunday um with the results as they were um which would have been pretty damn incredible actually um but Mulder come back to get a draw and buddha glimp came from behind to beat um viking 3-1 uh, both sides showing a bit of backbone, really. Buda Glimp, you know, recently they've been, they've not necessarily been at their best, but they've been finding a way to get results in general. And I think fair play to that. Um, but yeah, Rosenborg have been in some good form. I think they've won something like five of the last six. And, you know, you, you probably got to consider them a title challenger now. They're four points off the top. They do have a lot of the big teams to face, but that can be a good and a bad thing, can't it? So um, I say my takeaway was, you know, Really good fight shown from Buda Glimt, Mulder digging in there. There's still a couple of sides that shouldn't be up there, but they are. Christiansen on 35 points and Lillister on 34. I mean, at this stage, with 11 games left, they really shouldn't have any right to be in the mixer, but they are. Um, you know, but uh, I, I mean, I expect them both to fall away, but the, for now, they're, they're in contention. So, uh, you know, that's a takeaway. The other takeaway for me, Bran. I've been quite impressed with Bran in the last couple of weeks. They um, they actually look like a proper football club again, proper football team again. Sorry, playing some decent uh, st- style. That big signing in 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 summer, Silver Helter Nielsen. We talked about him, um, their ex player. He, he just makes a massive difference in midfield. But uh, I think of the size at the bottom, they definitely impressed me the most. Yeah, it could well be uh, you know lesson to any any sort of team who wants to stay up. You know, maybe have a crazy chaotic wild uh boot beer fueled sex party and and then uh you might get everything out of your system maybe uh maybe some teams in Oswenskan can take a take a note on that one but no um on, on a serious note uh yeah Mulder of course and uh Budu Glimp at the moment are two sort of you know top of the top two uh one point between them Mulder, uh, Budu Glimp just ahead by one point at this moment in time 
with 19 games played. But my boys, Christensen, third in the league. I'm sort of almost starting to nail my sort of colours to the mask on this one. You know, we are quite diplomatic, aren't we, on this podcast? We don't necessarily take sides. Um, but my soft spot for Christensen is sort of sl- slowly turning into sort of uh, something a bit more concrete, really, because I can't believe they're third in the, in the table. Um, how long can this go on for, or is it, you know, is it going to peter out? It, it will peter out. They've been very lucky in the last two games. They have basically scored last-minute winners to beat Strom's Godset away and, and Hargerson at home. You know, fair play. You know, the match is 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 ninety-five minutes long, isn't it? So, but I, I, when you you can't keep scoring late goals, can you? Unless you're Alex Ferguson's Man United. Um, it's, but they are, they've been very strong at home. They, they keep going. Um, they had a bit of a setback in the cup midweek. Which I, I, that surprised me. I, I thought that's the sort of thing they can have a go at. You know, they, they're the sort of club that could definitely win a cup. So I think for them that would be a bit of a disappointment. But um, look, they keep overachieving. Uh, incredible overachievement with this squad. The manager, I can't praise him high enough. I've, I've named him pretty much manager of the season two of the last three years, I think. And he's going to be a great, a, a massive contender again. Look, miracles can happen. Um, in this league, there's only 11 games left. The three points off the top. You just, you never know. We're at a stage now where you can't, you can't rule out Christensen or Lillestrom. You can't because they're, they're, they're in the mixer. I mean, logically, I don't think it can continue. But um, you know, whilst you've got a ticket, you can win the raffle, can't you? And they're definitely in that raffle right now. Yeah. Well, in terms of uh, the briefly looking at the stats, in terms of expected goals, uh, Mulder are cl- top of the league quite clearly, 41.80. Um, with Buda Glimp second, but in terms of expected goals against Buda Glimp are, are top of the league 19.95 with 19 conceded. Uh, Mulder, in fact, in fourth in that. Lillestrom and Sartsborg, uh, second and third best in the league for expected goals against. So that's a, a pointer maybe for, for the weeks to come. Uh, Lillestrom currently fifth and Sartsborg all the way down in 12th. So that's interesting. Um, but yeah, let's, I mean, we're, we're going to touch on it once we've played 20 games, we'll probably have a more detailed. Uh, wrap of, of of that league, won't we? And then we've got a big interview next week with uh, Tom Dent, who's going to come on the show and talk to us about life as a manager. So stay tuned for that next week. Um, let's look at the cup, in fact, while we're while we're at it, because there's been a midweek round, but it's been cup football. Uh, I will just briefly read through all the results, and then Steve, you could maybe pick up on one or two, you know, that might have caught your eye, some some shock results that you might want to touch upon. So let's just update the listeners on that now. So we had Gororud, and forgive me for pronunciation here if I get a few wrong, but Gororud 2, Lillestrom 3 after extra time. Uh, Lillestrom going through there. Uh, KFUM uh, 3, Christensen 1, which is, a, like you've mentioned there, the big shock. Uh, Christensen going out. Uh, Alta 1, Budaglim 2. Bryn 1, Mulder 4. Hamcam 1, Ralphos 2. We had a question about Hamcam, I think. Uh, Harstad 0, Brand 5. Big win for Brand there. Uh, Hegebo scoring twice. Um, Kongsvigger four, Fleckeroy one. Moss, our man Sean Constable at Moss one, Sanders all seven. Uh, so we might have to give Sean Constable a text there and see what's going on. Uh, penalties helped Nardo FK beat Arendal two to the game ended, but Nardo went through on penalties. Oigarden FK zero, Salzburg five. Uh, Ranheim. One Arlison one, but Arlison go through on penalties. Sondal nil, Asan two. Uh, IK start for Mjondalen two, so that's a uh, Mjondalen getting beaten by a lower division side. 
Strom's got to set five. Starbeck won a bit of a beating there for bottom of the table. Starbeck, so they're, you know, you know their, their struggles go on. Uh, Walrenga nil, odd three, which that, that definitely raises my eyebrow. Uh, and then Viking three, Rosenborg one, which is another one that raises my eyebrow, Steve. There's two big results there. Uh, what catches your eye from these results? Yeah, that, that Strom's got set result. There's a hat trick scored by one of your old guys in Sweden, Kadiri. I think he was at Ossersons. Yes. Um, hat trick there. So that, that caught my eye. If he can maybe sort of gel with Fred Friday in the league or something, they could be become quite dangerous. I mean, uh, yeah. The question about Ham Cam, by the way, that was from Joe Gold. Thanks for your question. If they achieve promotion, will Ham Cam add something uh, new or different, exciting to the elite Um Well, actually, in the upcoming interview with Tom Dent, who's manager of Sturdles Blink in the Obosl again, that interview is going to come out as a standalone episode starting next week. We, we do talk about the Obos in, in detail. We talk about Ham Cam a bit, actually, as well. He highly rates Ham Cam. I don't know much about them myself. Disappointing result for them in the cup there, but uh, at the moment they're in the position to maybe come back. What a great name for a club, by the way, Ham Cam. Just the sort of club that I myself would quite like the name of. Um, you know, it's good. To see, it's actually good to see quite a few big boys go through. Mulder, Buda, Glimp, Viking are a big cup team. They always have been. Doesn't surprise me they beat Rosenborg. They always take the cup very seriously. Valerengo just not in any good form right now. So, you know, odd beating them. That doesn't really shock me too much either. Some some minnows that are going well. This Nardo team, Nardo, actually, I don't actually know what league they're in, but I think they actually beat Sturdle's Blink, uh, Tom Dent's team, in a previous round of this cup. That uh, they did three goals to nil. So they, for them to get through um, to this stage, is, is obviously quite good for them. K from Oslo, fantastic result. Uh, but yeah, there's a few lower, lower league sides in there. Kongsvinja um through it's gonna be interesting this i think the way they've done the cup this year off the top of my head it's not going to be complete before the end of 2021 i think they're gonna i think the the book the real meaty rounds i think quarterfinals or certainly the semi-final the final are going to be done in the spring of 2022 from what i read earlier in the year that might have changed but it's almost like a swedish cup thing i think it's only gonna be like a one-year thing it was to do with covid and the scheduling and stuff but it'd be interesting that the, the, the final's going to be in the spring, I think, uh, Jonathan. I might be wrong on that, but I'm pretty sure. Yeah, no, you, you're totally right. The semi-final's 6th of April 2022, quarterfinals in March, and the final 1st of May 2022. And uh, funnily enough, the uh, the 2022 Norwegian Cup will start before the 2021 Norwegian Cup ends. So, uh, yeah, you're right. I think it's a backlog of fixtures, COVID probably related as well. Uh, quite a lot of teams in this cup. Is it? I think it's straight knockout, isn't it, all the way mm. through? Yeah, I think it's... Um, it's going to be really interesting to see that we're probably just this one time only having the finals in in the spring. Um, I hope some big teams get in in there. Um, the final is usually in well, it's always in Oslo. Uh, big day out for anyone. I'd, I'd like to see, um, you know, I mean, when Viking won the cup, we had um, Paul and Northman come on as a guest, and he obviously went there to the final. Great passion. I'd like to see a sort of side with a great following go there. I think Kongsvinja made the final of the cup not too many years ago things like that um let's hope we get some really nice stories alternative it'd be great to see you know say molder buddha glint badly out wouldn't it in there so um yeah still quite a few big clubs left but a nice mix of a couple of minnows as well and a couple of decent uh Obos sides so you know I, I don't really i'm not really into cups apart from the finnish cup <laughs> um uh, but i will be keeping an eye on this on this on this cup certainly in the spring when um you know we don't have quite as much to talk about do we sometimes 
Um, so, um, yeah, Norwegian Cup, uh, some uh, tasty stuff going on. Yeah, and just to look at the fourth round, which won't, as you mentioned, they won't even be played till March, so we can kind of put it to bed now after this uh, and sort of not speak speak about it again for another six months or so. It's uh, KFUM against Bran, Asan against Salzburg, Arlesund against Buda Glimt, Kongsvinger against Viking, Nardo, the big boys, Nardo, I think in the, what, in the third tier maybe, against Lillestrom, Ralphos against Strums Godset, Sanders Ulf against Start. And mould it against odd, but yeah, as you said, we can we can put it in the books. Uh, we do have one, you know, we talked about Hamcam. We do have one question, and then we'll wrap up the show. Uh, it's from a, a very loyal follower and logo creator, Joe Gould at Twelve Yank. Always good to hear from you, Joe. He says, if they achieve promotion, will Hamcam add something new or different or exciting to the elite of Serian? Uh, and then the other question is, who are we not talking about in either league that we should be uh, a player from each league? Now, Steve. You've already touched on Hamcam there, but it does it does give me an idea. If ever there was a potential for a, a sort of a joint mutual sponsorship, I think Meatman Soccer and Hamcam, that's got to be done at some point, isn't it? I mean, surely you've got to get a Hamcam t-shirt or, or a football shirt. Surely you might have a soft spot for them. Do they have like a sort of a, you know, do they have a ham as their logo? You know, kind of like a, a, a glazed ham? You know, is it a team that kind of excites you? <laughs> what are your thoughts on Hamcam? They're another team that my people, the subscribers and viewers on my Twitch channel always said I should do them as my Norwegian, as a save on Twitch, Hamcam, Meatman Soccer. Um, but they're real, <laughs> literally they're, Hamcam, you know. Their full <laughs> name is Hamar Kamaratne. Um, quite, I mean, historically, when I first followed Norwegian football, they were in the top flight quite a lot. I do believe their stadium is quite a big stadium. They're green-coloured seats they're uh, that's the, the i think their kit's green and white um it, it, I, look i looked at the obos again and i hope we get the likes of frederick stat ham cam it'd be nice to get some new clubs coming up there rather than the same people like arlesund or start you know seems like they seems to be like this yo-yoing thing you know it's like in the premier league in west brom or fulham yeah let's have someone new so i hope they they manage to get themselves promoted because it would add you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, this is a new club again, isn't it? And that's a different sort of name that people, you don't forget that name. Um, it's not a boring name like Start, is it? Um, so, uh, I mean, I've got, I've got a sort of vision in my mind of uh, kind of a babe station, uh, 3 a.m. kind of um, stream, but of literally just glazed pork products, uh, ham cam. But uh, if any club has ever wanted to sponsor Me Man Soccer, this 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 is the perfect. This is like a marketer's dream. I, you know, I'm licking my lips just thinking about the the brand possibilities here, the commercial deals that we could be doing. So uh, yeah, let's let's get Hamcam back, and then it could be the Meat Man Soccer JF Football Derby Hamcam Christians. Who knows? But um, one player, Steve, in your league that no one's talking about that maybe we should be. Uh, one player that uh, no one's talking about. Um, but I mean, that one's caught me out by by surprise i suppose i'd better be how about if i look at um maybe Chris, a christian sund player maybe could be one to look out for here because in terms of a team did he ask about a team as well that uh, we should be talking about and we're not no just player just player just player. Just, just player yeah well i guess i'll look at their squad let me bring my uh, my spreadsheet up um of players that uh, how about Snore Strand Nielsen, right back at Christiansen, who I think he's done well in fantasy points this year. They signed him from Ralphos. Uh, they have some great signings from Obos, actually, the Christiansen. They signed him from Ralphos. He's done really well for them at right back. He's, they rotate their side a lot. 
Christian Sun, but just said something that he started all but two of their games this season. And one he didn't start was the first match against Mulder. We'll probably let him off that one. He was just probably integrating into the team a little bit. He was rested to the bench against Haugerson mid-season. They lost it 3-0. Um, so, that, actually, his record when he plays is unbelievable. The two matches he didn't start, they lost. So, Snorstrand Nielsen, I don't think I've hardly ever mentioned him on the podcast this year, have I, Jonathan? Um, I would say he has to be one that um, is a player that uh, needs to be talked about and hasn't been. Very interesting stuff there. I hope you enjoy that, Joe Gould. Um interesting one for people to think about it's a that's a tough question to be honest i'm i'm literally kind of racking my brains about who who's not been talked about that it's that not going to be an be... ifk player is it no it's it's not going to be an ifk player it's one of Varberg, maybe i don't know it won't be an ifk player for some time um i might pick you know i might pick actually i might pick an elf ball player i might go for bernhardson that's who I'm going to go for. Alexander Bernhardson. Now, he is a player who caught my eye in the game against Malmo. Uh, and an interesting fact about him, he's got, I think, I think, I think in terms of minutes per goal, he's got the best ratio of minutes per goal in, in Osvenskan. Um, might be goal or assist, but I'm pretty sure it's per goal. Uh, he's got four goals this season in 15 appearances, according to Wisecout. Um, but he doesn't, he's not, a, he's not a regular by any means, you know, kind of comes on, plays. 45 minutes here he played 88 minutes against uh against Malmo. i thought he looked quite good actually um you know he you know plays 60 he's played 60 minutes here 60 minutes there 70 minutes there you know he's, he's kind of working his way into the team if, if you like uh career-wise he was a formula or greeter uh and now he's just starting to maybe establish himself in elsborg's squad elsborg have been quite good at recruitment he's 23 years old you know generally speaking they, they they've got their recruitment quite well in recent seasons and i think i think they are a team that you know, they're the sort of team that they're the kind of. Um, I used to do an EF call Jotterberg about Elsborg, didn't I? And kind of say, where are they going? Um, they've they've turned things around completely. They've sorted things out. I know behind the scenes, like the kind of recruitment they do, and that is very detailed. You know, they go, uh, and I think they've got things right in, in recent seasons. Obviously, made it into the to the Conference League playoffs and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, Bernhardson's a player to maybe maybe keep an eye on. Uh, I quite like quite like him. Played in wide areas, about six foot one. Uh, as I say, can play on sort of wide left, wide right kind of thing, depending on where you want him, left-footed player. And I think he's someone who maybe with more minutes could 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 maybe uh, pop up and do a little bit more in, in seasons to come. He scored against uh, Kalmar, scored against Feyenoord, in fact, as well, and scored against Hammerby. So he's got a quite a decent ratio. Uh, so, yeah, I'm going to go for him. Interesting answer. Well, I think that pretty much uh, wraps up this episode, Jonathan, doesn't it? It's been a good one. You've been firing out more blows than... Anthony Joshua uh, in this episode um, and I've been uh, in pretty good form as well it was a pleasure as always yeah I think you you know you've been a bit you, you accused me I think last week of sort of sitting on the fence and maybe it's rejuvenated me and given me this new new lease of life to be honest but um, as you know of course I you know I want to remain diplomatic as much as possible but sometimes we have to tell it like it is don't we on the Nordic Football Podcast so I uh, hope you've enjoyed the show I wanted to just give also a quick shout out before we leave to uh, a uh, a listener uh, who is trying to find him now at both sc uh, who said hi there i just wanted to say how much i enjoy listening to the podcast i started listening a few months back and i really like the down-to-earth in-depth discussions i'm now a Eurogarden and lillistrom convert so um yeah thanks so much it's always good to hear kind of like um, people listening um 
to you know who 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 enjoy the show. We, we love your feedback. You can follow us on Twitter at Nordic Footpod. Um, and of course, you can grab us on Patreon, Nordic uh, Patreon.com slash Nordic Football Podcast if you wanted to sort of listen to the bonus episodes or or also subscribe uh, and you know support us to produce more content basically. Uh, but thanks so much, both of us. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm not sure what episode you listened to to become a year garden fan. It, um, it, it must have been the Ghostbusters episode and not the uh, not the one where they lost the derby. But uh, yeah, no, it, like I say, in, in seriousness, it, we really appreciate all your support. Yes, thank um, you very much for that. And um, it's a good job he wasn't listening um, a, a few seasons ago because he certainly wouldn't have been converted to a Lillestrøm fan, would he? <laughs> uh, because we didn't talk about them enough. <laughs> But um, yeah, it's great, great, great to hear that sort of comments. Thanks for your kind words, and uh, like I say, it's a pleasure as always, Jonathan. Um, stay safe, everyone. Well, you know what, you, you know what, Steve. It's probably uh, it could be actually the opposite. You know, maybe maybe you've been talking them down a little bit, and uh, a bit like me with Christensen. You know, you you you're kind of saying they're going to get relegated. They're going to they're going they're not for you, and maybe it's uh, maybe it's a bit contrary on that one. But no, uh, either way, it's always great to see people getting interested in the league, isn't it? And um, yeah, it's nice. Yes, it is. It is very nice. And um, uh, just remind you can follow us on uh, Twitter at Nordic Football. You can follow me on Twitter at Meatman Soccer and um, Jonathan at JF Football. Um, but yeah, from this episode, uh, it, that's it. Uh, stay safe. Take care. Goodbye, everyone. And we'll see you next time. Take care, everyone.